Afternoons with Pepper Hudson. Pepper Hudson. And now, Consumer Talk, featuring Wendy Nola. Well, it is great to have Wendy Nola with us from a studio in Durban. Uh, great to be able to chat to you, Wendy, in a week where there's a story very close to your heart. Good afternoon. Yes, indeed. Hello, Pippa. Lovely to chat. For those who don't know, Wendy has been an absolute champion of the fight for fair practice when it comes to our cell phone data. So it's very fitting that we're going to start the show there, reflecting on the latest developments in that battle and what they mean for us as consumers. And then after 1.30, you're welcome to call in with any consumer query whatsoever. Um, so last week, Wendy, we we got a bit of an early present ahead of the long weekend when the communications authority, ICASA, uh, announced some changes to the regulations regarding our cell phone data. And amongst other things, uh, they've told the, uh, the cell phone companies they're now going to have to notify subscribers when their data drops below a certain percentage. They mm-hmm. have to stop automatically switching us onto very expensive out-of-bundle rates without our informed consent. But the big thing that's been plaguing so many customers, myself included, is the issue of data expiring. So we buy our bundle for the month, and if you don't use it all, you lose what wasn't used rather than being able to roll it over. And ICAS has really battered that one into the lap of the National Consumer Commission. Um, this is, I know, just one step on a long road to get the outcome that we want, Wendy. So let's maybe start at the beginning of that road. Can you tell us a bit of the history of, of, of this, this story? Okay, so... The data expiry story became an issue seven years ago when the Consumer Protection Act came into effect. And that Act, Section 63, states that all prepaid goods and services bought via voucher or token or ticket or any other mechanism must be valid for at least three years, right? And so, for example, remember the old days when you bought a, a, someone a gift voucher from a spa mm. um, and it would have valid for three months. No, that's absolutely not allowed, although you wouldn't think it. Um, <laughs> there are still many that do that or try. So so the idea was the legislature's intention was clearly that consumers, if you buy something, if you pay money for something to be used in future, either in one lump sum or in part, you are entitled to use or gain benefit from that spend for at least three years before the company turns around and says, sorry, all or part of what you have spent um, up front has now expired. You can no longer derive any benefit from it. Mm-hmm. But from the start, the cell phone networks were having none of that. Their business models were built on lots of people being forced to surrender unused um, prepaid data after a month or two or three or whatever, and very commonly just a month. And it's an issue which naturally affects millions of South Africans. So, for example, in the so-called reasons document, which um, ICASA published on, when was it? Monday, Monday I think, I think it was. Yes. Also, it, yeah, which in the middle of a long weekend, you have to wonder about that. <laughs> but anyway, 30th of April, um, uh, Vodacom apparently told ICASA that 62% of its subscriber base uses data bundles with a validity period of less than 30 days. 62%. Mm. Sure. And that's it's just one network. Yeah. A lot of people losing data that they don't. Um, look, we can't assume that they all don't use it up, but there will be many who yeah. who don't use it all up in, the, in, the, in that before it expires. MTN tried to argue to ICASA that the section, that section 63 of the CPA, did not apply to prepaid data bundles as it requires that an end user be given a period of three years within which to redeem a voucher and not a period of three years to actually use the data bundles that were made available to, pursuant to the purchase of the voucher. Oh, that's clear. Um, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. If, I think that'll be right over the heads of most people, and that's probably the intention. But for me, that's like saying, okay, 
Yeah, you go. You can unwrap that slab of chocolate that you paid for in advance. But if you don't eat it all in one go, sorry for you, you forfeit the rest. I don't think many consumers would, would, would feel that that, that was yeah. fair. Yes. And it's the same reasoning, I think, around the issue of, of having to surrender data that you've paid for. Um, so, yeah, um, that's where we sit. And the other networks, um, I've actually been I've actually been asking them this for many years, as you yeah. can imagine, Pepper, because many people raise it with me. And in about 2014, I think it was, um, I raised the issue yet again with Vodacom's um, then uh, spokesman. And he said, the interpretation of Section 63 is only part of the story. The customer is buying access to a specific amount of data over a specific period. We purchase data transmission capacity to cover this potential usage. If that, use, if that data isn't used, the capacity which has been paid for cannot be recovered. If we overprovide capacity, then our costs rise, and this makes it difficult to continue to bring down data prices. If we underprovide, then there could be congestion issues. Which is an interesting argument mm. because what actually happens is they resell that data. So what are they saying that they're entitled to <laughs> just carry on <laughs> to, selling it to morning, enrich yeah. themselves? Yeah. So um, yeah, and as as the NTC says, the the Consumer Commission, if that's the case, um, then they must find a mechanism to refund people yes, if they go to confiscate that it, data. You must refund then the original buyer. Refund it. Yeah. yeah. So. The various networks gave ECASA a range of other reasons why prepaid data can't possibly be valid for three years, and I found these really interesting. To summarize, they ranged from it would disrupt their business models to making data valid for three years was, quote, tantamount to fixing the terms of the provision of data services and would stifle competition to the detriment of consumers, and that it would increase the network's current liabilities in the form of unearned revenue. Do you love that? Unearned mm -hmm. revenue, which would impact on their ability to obtain financing at a reasonable cost, and the extra costs would be passed on to consumers. It's a mouthful. Their customers. But, yeah. it's, it's, I think, um, you know, justified all you like. The intention of the CPA and, and these services are not exempt as, uh, as far as I am informed, and certainly not as far as the NTC is concerned. Uh, you shouldn't pay for something and then not be able to redeem it um, yeah. within three years. So. On Monday, ECASA announced that, quote, after careful consideration of submissions by the interested parties, it had deleted that regulation. Regulation It was in the original draft, so yes. first and second. It, then it took it out. Everyone was getting excited that it was finally going to happen. But off it's come. Um, they're not, there's no regulation. It's called the End User and Subscriber Services Charter, by the way, another mouthful. Um, but it's not there. There's nothing about um, data expiring uh, in there. However, ECASA said, the authority is of the view that the NCC, the National Consumer Commission, as the custodian of the Consumer Protection Act, should take the necessary steps to enforce compliance with regard to data expiry. So <laughs> they've, they've battered it over to the NCC. So the big question yeah. then is, 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 is the NCC going to take up this task? Have they given us any indication previously of where they stand on this matter? Yes, um, they are on record as saying that um, they are of the view that prepaid data should not expire unless three years has passed or the data has been used up. And um, spokesman Trevor Hutton told me 
over the long weekend that the network providers, as we've just said, resell that unused data, data that has been paid for and legally belongs to the subscribers who have paid for it in advance. We cannot and will not pro- promote undue enrichment. Consumers are entitled to the full value of the data they have paid for. And then, as I just suggested just now, if a network is unable to hold on to unused data for consumers for th- three years, they should create a mechanism to refund consumers the monetary value of the unused data at the time of so-called expiry. Okay, so I think that's, that's pretty powerful. That's pretty clear as well that they do yes. intend to act on this and that they absolutely believe uh, that, that consumers have the right to roll that data over. The next question and then is, do we have a timeline? Have they given us any, indi- any indication no. of when they're going to act on it? Well, I think the long weekend has played havoc with yeah. this particular story, certainly as far as I'm, <laughs> as I'm concerned, trying to work on it. I sent emails to all the networks, and of course I was engaging with um, Trevor Hutting of the NTC. He said that they need to... Um, you know, interrogate the documents and and meet and whatever. And he said that they would be in a position to reveal what course of action they intended to take by the end of the week. Um, the other networks, um, I haven't heard from MTN. Both Vodacom and Cell C said that they were um, going to look at the regulations and um, review the gazetting of the regulations. And once they've done that, they will comment. Telcom gave me the most fulsome response. They said um, Telcom supports Sikasa's efforts to lower the cost to communicate and has taken note of the regulator's review of the end users, that charter. Um, We cautiously welcome Sikasa's position on the need for fairness and business practice around data pricing and the expiry of data bundles. We are encouraged by this direction and will enable and this will enable us to continue to differentiate our products and provide subscribers with cost-effective choices. I think what they're talking about there is they welcome the fact that the um, regulation that seeks to make data um, redeemable for up to three years is now long, no longer in the charter. Um, I don't know if they'll be so welcoming of um, the NCC's views, but um, mm-hmm. that's where it sits now, and we have to wait and see um, what the NCC, we know what they feel about it, but I mean, they've felt the same way for seven years, to yeah. be fair. So now we must wait and see what they actually do about it. Okay. In the meantime, all the other regulations that ICASA did publish kick in at the end of this month, is that correct? Yes, they've, um, they were promulgated on the, uh, on the uh, published on the, on the 30th of April, and um, have a month to come into effect, so that's May the 30th end of this month um, and they there are some pretty consumer friendly um, provisions in there that are that have also been um, a long time coming um, I think um, so for example as you mentioned earlier on they will require industry to introduce several men- me- measures to predict protect consumers from going into those very high out of bundle data prices unwittingly um, as and many people have have, have been caught by that so mm. they'll have to send notifications to consumers once they've used 50% and then another one at 80% and another one of all you know, 100% of their voice SMS and data bundles um, by the way reading those those ECASA, that ECASA document the reasons um, they didn't like this at all they, they were kicking and screaming about this one as well I have to say and finding all sorts of reasons why that's not a good idea um, subscribers, as you said, can't automatically be defaulted to out-of-bundle rates. Mm-hmm. This one I love. Some networks are already doing this, but they're doing it um, sort of piecemeal and, and, and in their own way. But the networks will have to provide subscribers with an option to roll over unused data to ensure they don't use it. 
But ECASA, unfortunately, I think, has stopped short of prescribing for how long that data has to oh, so it's roll over. Yeah. yeah, and and when it's rolled over, this for me was crucial. It must be that rolled over data must be used by the consumer before any newly allocated data. And that's a huge plus because up till now, Pippa, and I get lots of complaints about this, you've, that data rolls over, but first, that newly allocated data that you're getting on your contract or whatever or that you're downloading um, is used first, right? So there's mm-hmm. a very good chance that your rollover one will be, it's still will not be gonna forfeited be used. anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, so that's really big plus. And um, another one is that subscribers must be given an option to provide unused data to other users on the same network. Now, don't you like that? I love so that, that one. A, a, like you could give that to your child or Well, or, or this your is immediately what your, I think of, Wendy, yes. is my teenage daughter who always yes. runs out of data. And I can say, well, if exactly. you uh, paid conform with the chores this month, I'll yes. give you my unused data at the end of the month. I do <laughs> love like that. Okay. We're thinking like moms, you and I. But yes, of course. <laughs> So, so there, there's there's a lot to like. It's just that this this um this big issue of the data expiry is is is, is on not hold. Quite resolved yet? Okay. No, no. Interesting question on the WhatsApp line from Brendan in Nurtuk, who wants to know if um, this goes against the networks. Does it open up a claim from consumers on all the data that's been taken by the networks over the last? Years and more. Uh, in other words, would you be able to argue for the need for a refund when this hasn't <sighs> happened in the past? I very much doubt that it would be retrospective. And can you imagine the calculations Oof, that yeah. would need to happen there? No, I don't think we should hold our breaths on that one, Brendan. Okay. Interested to hear what the rest of our, our listeners think about these moves uh, um, and, uh, you know, how much rec- – I'd be interested to hear people's calculations on how much they reckon they've paid for data that oh. they could not use over yes. time. Uh, it is extraordinary. So I'm just hoping that the NCC moves quickly now that this ball is in their court. Um, here's another WhatsApp from someone saying the data is – Pay-as-you-go customers could buy daily data at 12 a.m. After that, the remaining data expires. The thinking you still have X amount of data available, you carry on, and in reality is eating away at your airtime at the higher rate. Well, that's exactly one of the things that the cast has tried to curb, is, is yes. that not knowing that you've already been pushed onto the higher rate. Exactly. So you would there would have to be a lot more transparency and disclosure around that. It's all about... And that's what the CPA is about as well. It's about mm. allowing consumers to make informed choice. So nobody should be um, unwittingly consuming data at a, at a higher price and only find out when it's too late. So, yeah. yeah. And the thing about data and, and, and is that our use is unpredictable. So many yeah. of us, most of us will move in and out of Wi-Fi zones where, the, where we are, our devices are clicking onto the Wi-Fi. We're not using them. And then you'll have another week where you're traveling a lot or whatever and you're using your data, you know, what a lot. So the point is, you know, our data consumption may f- be fairly st- Static, but it's like some of it is free, and so some ones will end up with a lot mm. that you know. Why, as as you we've all experienced, why should we forfeit? Absolutely, Wendy. The one thing we haven't spoken about is the other aspect of the cost of data full stop and the hashtag data must fall campaign. Any indication from yes. the castle on what's going to happen there? Yes, this apparently th- these. Um, regulations that we've just discussed are part of the first phase of ECAS's intervention in, in the whole data services arena. Um, there's an, a second phase, I forget what that's about, but the third phase is apparently going to be around price regulation. And so that's at that point, um, the whole actual cost 
of, of data in South Africa, which is um, screamingly high compared to many other countries, will be discussed at that point. So something to look forward to. Okay. Thanks so much for that uh, very comprehensive update, uh, Wendy. I'm happy to take a couple of calls or messages on the data issue, but also happy to move into our open line segment if there's something else on your mind. Before we take any calls, Wendy, a couple of weeks ago we were chatting about uh, telecom cancellations, and we took one call after the next after the next from people who had tried yes. to cancel their te- their telephone lines and uh, were still being billed and in some cases handed over to uh, attorneys when those bills hadn't been paid. Um, at the time, you told us Telcom had told you they were they were setting up a new online system and that had some glitches, but that it should all be up and running by the 30th of April, and that was Monday. Uh, any idea whether yes. it is up and running? I haven't. I've asked... Um my telecom contact just this morning um, and I haven't heard back from her but that is what they said and it's that um, cancellation, that online cancellation service has been phased in um, for some months now so it's not as if they had to set something up so I would most certainly say that um, you should uh, ditch the the old school um, email form thing yeah. and and go on online and uh, do it via via the, the the online mechanism and I will as soon as I get it um, might even be during the show as soon as I hear confirmation I'll share it with the listeners. Okay, thanks. So to Nicholas and others asking about any progress there, we will keep you posted on that one. Uh, certainly, it wasn't all working in March. Nicholas tells me he sent through a cancellation form on the third of March and to date has heard nothing whatsoever from Telcom about cancelling his ADSL line. Uh, I wait with trepidation. I've got to go through that process myself within the next few weeks and I'm kind of hanging on uh, until things are up and running in the hope that they will be soon. Uh, right, we've got a voice note on Ecasa. Let's take a listen to that before we go to the news. Pippa, could you ask your guest how the Ecasa is addressing the issue of content services being um, imposed in the background on subscribers' accounts without them knowing, and then you only find out when you realize your data has been gobbled up. This is Glennis from Cape Town. Glennis, thanks so much for uh, your question. Wendy, any any progress on that yes, one? Yes, that's a, that's a whole show on its own. Yeah. Um, it wasn't addressed in the, in the regulations at all. Um, it is an ongoing thing. Uh, for some reason, I've been grappling with it for years, um, and there was a time when my inbox was full of these complaints, and then it went quite quiet. There were various regulations and consumer protections built in by the industry itself, and then the network said we, they've got their own double opt-in. And then just suddenly in recent months, this issue is just blown up again for some reason. I haven't yet managed to, to fathom. So all I can suggest in the meantime is, and we should put this up on our blog, is it, it doesn't seem fair that we need to take the matters into our own hands in order to protect our um, this sort of raiding of our data but mm. um, by these subscription services. But it is the only tangible thing we can do um, ourselves. Each of the networks has its own um, mechanisms whereby subscribers can dial in SMSs, whatever, and and find out if they subscribed and then um, unsubscribe themselves. So I would certainly recommend to any subscriber to get into the habit of doing that monthly or even weekly uh, to ensure that, um, in fact, monthly is far too long, far Mm. too seldom because these things, these subscriptions are daily in many cases. So to get into the habit of just doing it, um, I certainly do it um, at least once a week. Really? And we can share that. So at least it's something you can stop the runaway um, charges. But in terms of getting to the bottom of how, of getting to the bottom of how this is happening, 
Tradi- uh, in the past, um, some were people um, unwittingly subscribing, so clicking on something but not realizing that it was the, a subscription link. Yeah, yeah. just very sneaky. And in other cases, it, I mean, there's been a huge issue of what the industry calls um, auto-subscription. In other words, it happens without your consent in any way yeah. um, or notification or anything. Um, the bit that, that um, I'm not quite sure about is that the networks say that they send a double up. In other words, before your build, before it, it comes off your account or off your, your prepaid airtime or data, you get an SMS saying, do you agree to this subscription at this price per yeah. day or week, whatever it is? And I don't know whether people are seeing that as spam and not responding or whether they aren't being sent out. Anyone who can shed some light on that, um, I'd appreciate. But um, it is still happening. And if you're on any social media um, platform, you will see it's a, it's a huge, huge issue. And I certainly intend um, to delve into that more deeply in another Sure. I think we should indeed, and certainly if you could uh, share with us that information on how you check that on the various networks, I think that would be very useful content to I'll put on our, our Facebook page. Uh, mm-hmm. Wendy, thank you. Cake Talk. Consumer Talk. Call us now on 21 we move into the open line segment with Wendy Nola standing by to take your calls on 021 And Hugh will get to your call in just a moment. But first, another voice note. Hi, Papa and Wendy. Uh, on that um, that wasp thing, I just I noticed recently that um, some of these ads that pop up on apps, the close button and the subscribe button are on top of each other. So possibly um, that is how people are unwittingly um, sub- subscribing to the services by you know you clicking the X, but actually the subscribe button is right underneath. So that's another sneaky way that they get away with these things. Great show, bye. Thank you so much. That is such an important point you've oh, raised. And Wendy, word. I've noticed that myself because they're tiny. And if you've got big fumbly fingers like mine, <laughs> when you press on the X, it's very easy to actually press on the, uh, the button next door. It really now is sneaky. The yeah. sort of thing that Wasper, which is the wireless application, Wireless application service provider authority. So, yes, the regu- the industry's regulatory body. In other words, they should be on top of that. I'm actually going to go and visit their website after the show and see, and see what I can find there. But that certainly should be um, completely. Um, you know, that kind of thing should be covered, and I'm sure it is covered by their code of conduct. But of course, enforcement in this country yeah. is very difficult. Another story. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. But great comment, thank you. And I hope those yeah, were windscreen wipers I heard in the background of that call as well, which makes <laughs> yes. me very happy indeed. Okay. Is that what it was? I think so. <laughs> Thanks for that very important note. So be careful when you're hitting the X button to close that you're not actually hitting the subscribe button at the same time. You have been warned. Let's go to Hugh in Nurtuk. Good afternoon. Hugh. Hello, Papa. How's it, man? Hello, Wendy. Hello, Hugh. Hi, man. Um, yeah, I've, um, my one of my staff members came to me and told me that um, she she took out a loan uh, with Captain for five thousand rand uh, thirteen months ago for a funeral. Her mother died, and that she's been paying eight hundred and fifty rand a month um, ever since then. It's a year and a month uh, later. And they're still telling her that she still owes 2,000 rand. Now, is there some sort of regulation on people fleecing these poor people like this? Because it's just ludicrous. She's paid over 10,000 rand, so it's 100% interest in a year, and they're still Yo. telling her she's got two, two grand to pay still, which I don't even know if that's without, with interest or without interest, but it just seems so wrong.
It does indeed. Wendy, what's the best way forward there? Uh, Hugh, you're welcome to send me an email about that so that I can get that checked out by um, experts in, the, in, the, in that arena in terms of what interest rate would be applicable. I do know that those sorts of micro lenders obviously charge the absolutely maximum interest that, that, that one could be charged um, because they're unsecured loans. So like we could go and swipe our credit card when we get to that sort of trouble or pull it out of an overdraft or a home loan. People who, you know, in the lower income groups just don't have that kind of um, cushioning when these sorts of things happen. And so they are vulnerable to these sorts of practices mm-hmm. and all sorts of other illegal things happen like they will um, take hold of um, ID documents and um, uh, ATM cards and all sorts of illegal things in, in order to make sure that they get repaid. It's a really horrible end of the market, that. But uh, but as I said, if you send me the numbers and all the details, Hugh, I can get that checked out and, and get back to you on it. Okay, Hugh, please do that. Wendy's address is consumer at nola.co.za, which is spelled K-N-O-W-L-E-R. And please just put Cape Talk uh, loan funeral loan policy sharks. or loan sharks in your subject line so she knows to keep an eye out for it. For anybody who wants to send an email for some research and follow up, that is quite important to please put Cape Talk so that Wendy knows it's for this show and some kind of descriptor in the subject line to help her um establish what it is all about. And Hugh, uh, I, I hope we can get some feedback for you on what sounds, uh, certainly at face value, to be an absolutely um, extortionate um, uh, situation, but uh, uh, it does need to be investigated. 0214460567 is the number to dial. Ray has dialed that from Stellenbosch. Good afternoon, Ray. Hi, hi. Um, I'm, I'm rather concerned. I've noticed that after the increasing VAT and sugar tax, it appears to me that the sugar drinks and the Zero alternatives seem to be exactly the same price. Now, I've, I've confirmed this at Woolies, for example, the Coke Zero and, 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 and the Sugary Coke, as well as um, I've checked at um, Checkers. There are some small bottle stores I see differentiate between the two. Now, my concern is, surely this goes against the very purpose of the sugar tax. Because the idea was to increase the price of sugary drinks so that people would choose non-sugary alternatives. Now, if they're exactly the same price, that makes no sense at all. It just means that there's a tax, but there's no reason to choose the zero option as opposed to the sugary drink. Now, I'm, I'm fairly certain there's no legislation that prohibits this, but surely we should be putting pressure on the retailers so that they do differentiate the prices to, to have the necessary impact. That's a really interesting uh, point, yeah, Ray. Good Ray. question. Yeah. Thank, thank you, Ray. I actually wrote to Coca-Cola on the 9th of April, and I asked that exact question because I got um, complaints from a, a number of other people. The response I got was, and this was on the 9th of April, this response, as you are aware, the government's new health promotion levy on sugar-sweetened beverages has come into effect from the 1st of April. As a result, the prices on beverages with added sugar have increase, increased, including some of Coca-Cola's products. However, the following range of Coca-Cola products will not be affected by the levy. Our lowest sugar, less than 4 grams per 100 mils, and zero sugar products, and our 100% juices. We expect people to pay more for added sugar variants when the levy comes into effect. When the levy comes into effect. So I wrote back and I said, I'm, thank you, but I'm confused. Because the levy is in effect already. They have. It is in effect. Um, so... My information is, I said this on the 9th of April, that currently, that as of today, the added sugar and low or zero sugar variants are at the same price, despite the levy having been imposed on the added sugar products. Please clarify, 
And I realized when I was doing some inbox um, housekeeping over the weekend, Pippa, that mm. I hadn't had a response. So I wrote back to say, I haven't received a, a response yet. Please, could you, you know, respond? And I'm still waiting. So, oh. Ray, it's, uh, that's to, uh, to be continued. But as you can, I mean, not through lack of trying, um, but I, I will pursue it, as I say, um, because they really do, do need that answer was completely nonsensical. Okay, so, so they've Ray, stated on the record yes. that there should be a differentiator, but in the marketplace that doesn't seem to be happening. And I yeah. suspect that they're going to blame the retailers, but that's okay. not really going to we'll try either. and We'll try and pursue that one, Ray, because it is, as you say, it's, it's counterintuitive to the whole purpose of having that levy in place, uh, which was to make the sugary ones more expensive. So uh, we'll definitely follow up. Thanks for raising uh, an important question and well done for being sharp, uh, for being sharp, uh, sharp eyed when it comes to the price, uh, price tags on those items. Okay, we're going to go to Esme next, who's on the line from Durbanville. Esme, thanks for your call. Good oh, afternoon. hello, Pippa. Thank you for this program. I'm so grateful. Pippa, I hope that Wendy could perhaps help me or give me advice. I, I've got a Vodacom contract, mm-hmm. and since December, I have just not received an account from them at all. I used to get it by post. Now, I don't have an email. I, I haven't got a computer and my little telephone, I can't download anything. Okay. <laughs> I'm 74, but they insist now that I must receive my account uh, via email. And I haven't got, I just haven't got anything. So I haven't been getting an account and my stop order keeps going off every month. And I've made umpteen phone calls. Um, that's but a tricky one, yeah. So that when must apply to a lot of people, yeah. I would say, over 70 in particular. Um, I, I would like to take that up with, with the network for you, Esme, if you could send, oh, I'm oh, say, you can't you say send, send me an email. email. <laughs> what I'm going to do is, Esme, put you back to my producer, Amy, who's going to take yes. your details, and then we'll pass those on verbally to Wendy after the show today and ask her to give you a call, and, and perhaps you can take it up that way, Wendy. I've, I will indeed. Okay. Esme, thank you. Because I know I've already had an SMS from someone saying, yeah, I'm in the same boat. So you're not alone. Uh, there are some people who do not have email and choose not to use email. And surely, Wendy, the customer should have the option of some kind of alternative if they really don't have email access. So that's an interesting one for follow-up. Esme, thank you for your call. Um, right. Uh, we have several um, WhatsApps coming through. Just a reminder that the number is 0725671567 if you want to send a WhatsApp or leave a voice note otherwise give us a call on 021-446-0567 which george has done from somerset west good afternoon george hi guys um my question is this i have a um, contract with virgin active and the payment goes off on the first of every month that's the contract i signed but recently since it's been taken over my break one of the first things they did besides making the showers colder and the the toilet paper narrower and the <laughs> and a few other but anyways, um, and what they've now started doing they send you an email to say sorry the first of the month is on a public holiday so we're going to take the money the day before and then they take the money on the 30th or the 31st of the month and there have been quite a few incidences now this year specifically in fact yesterday was another one and I see all my other um, payments they all still go off on the first, so it's only their computer that doesn't seem to be working on public holidays. I don't know why that is and if it's right. 
Wendy, it's not unusual. I certainly, I know that happens with, with several of my accounts that if there is a public holiday on the first week, they go off the day before. Uh, if the yes. first is a Sunday, they go off on the Friday, for example. Um, but as George points out, he signed a contract that states the first of the month. Does he have a leg to stand on to argue around that? I think you may find, George, in somewhere in the terms and, and conditions, there's a little paragraph that allows them to do something like that in certain circumstances. Um, and while it's annoying, I, I, I really, I think the investment of time and energy and trying to challenge them on that and saying you sh- they should take it off um, the day after, unless it's the difference between the 25th and the 26th or something like that, and, and it's a difference between you having money in your account and not having money in your account, um, I would leave it. If, if it causes you to, um, in other words, if, you, if there's any financial implication for you and their unilateral decision to do that, contrary to your contract, I would certainly hold them to account. But otherwise... We just have to R-roll that one and say, well, you know, that that's companies. They could have t- chosen to take it on the day after the public holiday, but, you know, so be it. That's fine. And and, and it is a measure of, of, of the company as well, um, as many things are, such as some companies have chosen to absorb the VAT increase and mm. others have not. It's, it's especially in the financial services industry. It's, as I say, the time and energy involved in trying to fight it when I think they, I'm very sure that there's a line in the, in the, in the t- terms and conditions that allow them to do it. It just, like the thinner toilet paper and the colder showers, you just, you know, it doesn't leave a nice taste because they, they could have just taken it on the second and mm. saved themselves all the SMSs. And I mean, why, what for? The only other time this happens en masse is um, in December when when you'll, some of the um, people with companies that have debit orders will take earlier because they're terrified, and from I suppose from past experience, that people are going to make jollies with their, mm. with their Christmas bonuses. And then by the time the normal um, debit order um, activation happens, they may not be able to... Um, no, that debit order might be unsuccessful. But this public holiday thing, I think, is just childish. They should just leave it be mm. um, and not take it the day before. Okay. So I don't know if that's much help, George. But, um, yeah, have a look at your contract. You might, you might find that something there in, in there that allows as well. Yeah. 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 But just if you look at it from the other side, you know, a lot of people are paying a day earlier. They're getting the money a day earlier not just Virgin Active, but a lot of other companies as well. And then that's a day's worth of interest, and that can sometimes be quite a lot of money. Substantial. That's what I'm saying. It's a a good indication of... (laughs) Where a company's at with regard to their customers. Yeah, it really is. When that happens, yeah. Um, I want to thank our listener, Ian, who has been through the WASP drama himself and has sent me the list of the unsubscribe formula for the various SA networks. Ian, thank you for taking the time to forward your email to me, and I will tweet the details uh, during the uh, 2 o'clock news as, as an interim step, and then uh, we'll also get those published on our um, Cape Talk Facebook page and, and uh, um Website as well. Um, right, a couple of people weighing in on the Coke issue here, Wendy. A WhatsApp from Carol saying it has to be the retailers. I buy Cokes from our local bottle store, and the Coke, full Coke, is two rand fifty more than Coke Zero for a litre now. So in Carol's case, that oh. retailer. It is obvious that the levy has been applied because the sugary um, item is more expensive and quite substantially sh- slow. Uh, so Lynn and Newland saying the Coke Light is now larger to compensate for the increase in price. She doesn't think uh, they're all playing fair. This is definitely one worth following up, Wendy, judging by the number of responses yes. I've received in okay. the last few minutes. Okay. Uh, let's ask Amy to forward those to me and I'll, I'll get on to the... Okay.
to the manufacturers. Let's go back to the issue of uh, things that expire and namely gift vouchers in this case. Uh, and the question's a little ambiguous, but I know you'll be able to answer it uh, with a sort of depending on type answer. Okay. This person says, I bought a, a gift voucher at American Swiss a few years ago. So we don't know if it's more than three years ago. But she goes on to say a week or he goes on to say a few weeks back I wanted to make use of the voucher and they told me it had expired in November 2017. Is that allowed? The answer is yes if it was bought more than three years before. Is that correct? Yes. So if it was bought um, if it was bought before November 2014 um, then obviously the three years would have been up by November 17 and then it would no longer <coughs> excuse me, no longer be valid. Um, I always advise retailers to, you know, do a goodwill thing anyway. The money has been spent. Yeah. Um, it's it's not as if it's for an actual item, in which case the retailer would would be losing out because that item, um, you know, the money was worth more three years ago, and that item is now more expensive. But if it's for an actual amount of money, which it normally is, then it's the consumer who loses out yes. because that spend will buy them less. That it would have done and if they'd even used if it immediately. They, yeah. yeah, even if they do a 10% admin, I think, imagine the goodwill that would be yeah. generated. You know, I just I just think sometimes there's just uh, not enough um, creativity going on in these cases. But, but technically, legally, um, if it was more than three years old, then um, they were within their rights to say, sorry, you can't redeem. And maybe, you know, that's a jewelry store. Maybe it was a sizable sum and they didn't feel... Inclined to to be generous, yeah. Okay, so if it was purchased more than three years before uh, the expiry that that said expiry date, I'm you afraid, don't have uh, a Sorry for on. you. Okay. Yeah. Uh, interesting one here from Lucy on the WhatsApp line. Who says we had some building and waterproofing done and paid in full as the job was complete, but the leak is back and we have asked for this and some fixing up to be done by the original company. They've agreed, but getting them to actually come back and sort it out has been months of frustration. They apologise and explain. But do we have any real recourse? She says, can we get another company in and charge them or request a refund, especially on that waterproofing? Absolutely. So that job would have come with, um, well, the CPA um, warrants um, that job. Uh, it, was a, it was a repair, so it would have yes. had a, a three-month, um, an automatic three-month warranty. So Lucy doesn't say, does she, how long ago that work was done. Sounds no. like they've been strung along for some time now already. But certainly if they, it, from the time they, if they raised the first complaint within three months, and it sounds like perhaps they did, then absolutely that company is, is legally obliged to come around and make good. As for the the, the um, obvious sort of need to sort of say, well, I'm going to go, I have to get this fixed. It's leaking. Um, you have rain in the Cape, hopefully. Um, I have to get this fixed. And um, sorry, in winter, I mean. Yep. And um, <laughs> just not so much at the moment. Yeah. No. <laughs> and um, so, so I want to get someone else to fix it. I would advise doing that, but uh, but not unilaterally. So, in other words, say this is the fourth attempt I, I'm making now to get you to come and 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 um, make good what you are legally required to do. And if you don't by this date, I am going to. Um, obtain the services of another company to do what has to be done and I will be um, holding you liable for that and, and um, pursuing it you know, in, in whatever way. There are several options. There's the small claims court. There's the consumer goods and services. But there, there's several 
um, there's me. Um, mm. There's several, you know, there's several ways um, to get some recourse. But yeah, I wouldn't advise just going and unilaterally and without notifying them and then say, look, here's, here's, here's the, the bill. Yeah. bill, you pay it. Yeah. So let them know that. in advance that you're going to do it failing yes, their, give them their, a deadline. their recourse. Yeah. Yes, okay. so lay everything out. Yeah. Good luck, Lucy. I hope you come right. Uh, Jane on the line from the Northern Cape. Good to have you with us. Good afternoon. Hi, good afternoon. Um, I've been divorced for four years. I'm 50 years old. And like many single people, um, finding a partner is, is boiled down to on the online dating. Mm-hmm. Um, on Facebook, I saw there was a platform called Six, Singles 50. And, um, and it, it sends you through to a screen that says B2 which is another part of the of the singles 50. Um, they say that you have three different choices, a one month of 20 rand, three months of 99 rand, and six months of 74 rand. Um, I chose the three month option of 99 rand, and they and did the, the, the payment, and 1,188 rand was deducted from my account. Wow. Okay. Have you? Was there any small print, uh, Jane, uh, in terms of terms and conditions that you might have missed some kind of registration fee or something or like that? or something? Not at all. Not at all. I went back and I checked and I actually went in again and registered myself as another name and, and took all the shots of all the different um, screens and everything and I definitely did not miss anything. And in actual fact, once I got through to the line, there was a gentleman that was on the um, that I had matched up with on the dating site that ha- said exactly the same thing: do not do go onto the site. They they are um, scammers, and they've also d- deducted this amount of money from me. Okay. Sounds like a case for you to follow up on, Wendy. It does indeed. Have you taken it up, um, Jane? Have you approached the site directly to say how do you justify this? There is absolutely no way on the site. Oh, that you okay, can that's mm. that's a no-no for all sorts of reasons. Okay, so well, I hope hopefully the the um, your mutual outrage at the ripoff might lead to something else with that chap that you found on the site there. <laughs> <laughs> so there might be unforeseen benefits. Um, Jane, if you'd like Wendy to, to follow up, uh, to do yes, drop I would an like email, to have a look. Um, because that sounds like uh, one that we should be alerting people to if it is an absolutely blatant scam, as it sounds like. Um, the website, uh, sorry, the email address again is consumer at nola.co.za, spelled K-N-O-W-L-E-R and just put Cape Talk dating site uh, so that Wendy knows to look out for that. I'll be interested to hear whether you have any luck trying to get hold of them, Wendy. And, and, and find well, out that's more. That's the thing. Mm. Um, just just all, you're going always to, a huge yeah. big red flag if that's the case. I mean, anybody you're paying money to that you have a business relationship with needs to be contactable. Yeah. So, yeah, not, not very encouraging that. Okay. Really interesting one here, and I like this approach of somebody who's being proactive, I think, in trying to say, are we doing the right thing as a store? Wendy, this was a, a, an email that, that came happens. in a little while ago from someone who has a shoe store and tells me right. they sell sneaker-style unbranded shoes with LED lights in them. So um, he goes on to say, we do caution the customers that these are urban fashion shoes. They're not meant to be sports shoes and that the LED lights most probably won't withstand any heavy-duty uh, use. 
We don't get many returns, they say, and mostly we are able to replace the faulty electronic parts when we do get them. Most customers are reasonable and understand that a shoe itself cannot be replaced after six months of wear, but we do replace the lights at no cost within six months of purchase. Are we being fair is the question. Um, yes and no. So that does sound quite fair, but but the way the legislation works is that the CPA warrants if all goods for um, six months, right? So it's saying anything you sell as a retailer you needs to be fit for purpose, needs to be fit for purpose, needs to give the consumer the full benefit of what they're paying for for at least six months. After six months, they're on their own, or if you if you choose to offer a longer warranty, then fine. So technically, though, um, heavy duty wear is a bit um, vague. If they if they were wearing these shoes and the lights go within three or four months, and they want their money back or they want a replacement pair, um, I would understand the store saying, "Look, you know, this is the situation. We can we replace the lights for you?" Mm-hmm. Um, for those customers that aren't happy with that, I'm afraid legally. Um, they should um, refund or replace whatever the um, customer prefers. That's what the Act says. Um, having said that, I, I, they're obviously trying to do their best within the circumstances and then be accommodating, and they've asked us for advice. So clearly their heart's in the right place. But, you know, as I say, technically anything you sell, doesn't matter how cheap it is or where it comes from um, or you know how disposable mm. <laughs> think it should be they have to, it has to work for 6 months in in its full range of functionality that's what the act says Okay. Wendy, thanks so much. We have to leave it there for today as always a, a fascinating Absolutely. segment. Thanks for your contribution. Thanks, Pippa. Chat, Chat next, next week. week. Reminder that if you've got a case for Wendy to follow up, send an email to consumer at nola.co.za, K-N-O-W-L-E-R, nola.co.za. Just remember to put Cape Talk in the subject line and a word or two to identify the nature of the problem.